So we're going to do something slightly different this morning. We're going to be looking at Romans 12. It came up in our small group discussion on Thursday. Um, if you're not in a small group, you should be. And if you'd like to be, come and see either myself or Jackie. Where's Jackie? There. Yeah. And uh, we will see where we can fit you in. And uh, yeah, I'm sure you'd be uh, find it a real blessing to be part of a small group. How many are part of a small group find it a real blessing? You see? So all those people are blessed each week where they go to their small group. And uh, you're missing out there, guys, if you're not in a small group. Okay, so um, Paul's writing to the Roman believers. And as far as we know, at this point in his life, he's never been to Rome. Um, but he wants to impart some truth about Jesus and to help them to know how to live, to tap into the rich power that's available to them to live in the ways that glorify God. So we're going to read this together. So if you've got it available on a tablet, phone, or do you remember those things called books? Yeah, 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 you've got one of those. Do you know what the good thing about those is? They never run out of battery, that's right, Jonathan. It's always there. So uh, please find Romans 12. We're going to start in verse 1. And uh, you'll need it because we're going to refer to it in a while. Um, but I just want to give you, to start off with, some context. Uh, in the previous chapter, Paul's been showing that Gentile Christians, that's Gentiles, if you don't know anybody who's not a Jew in this context, um, Gentile Christians have been grafted into the Jewish stock, as it were. And so the promises made only to the Jews in the past were now applicable to those who believe in Jesus. And altogether, they have the wonderful joy of salvation through Jesus. And Paul starts off chapter 12 with the words, therefore. And it's because, it's because Gentile Christians have been grafted into God's promises, the following is applicable to both Jew and Gentile. So that's where he's coming from. So it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. 
Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, and share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends. But leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So what we're going to do this morning, I'm going to put some questions up on the screen. And I'm going to ask you to get into some groups, biggish groups, eight or so in a group um, around, and to look at these questions, and uh, then we're going to pull the, your answers together at the end and uh, see what God wants to say to us from these verses. And it's, it's all part of our worship. Worship has become a, a really integral part of what God's doing with us. And uh, these verses are all to do with our our worship and the way we live our lives as a worship to God. So here's, here's some questions for you. So if you'd like to get yourself into some groups. I've, I've ringed four questions. Those are the four that I would like you to concentrate on first. And if, you, if you've got time in your groups, you can have a look at the other questions as well. But those four are the ones I'm going to come back to specifically at the end. Okay. So if you'd like to get yourself into some groups. Let's have a little bit of feedback then from people. So the, the first question was, in, in Romans 12, what does it mean to offer our bodies as living sacrifices to God? Has anybody got an answer to that? What it might look like? Doing what God wants us to do. Being wholehearted, Yes. Give it all ourselves, yes? It'll probably cost you. Dying to self and allowing the Holy Spirit to take over. Yeah. I was, I was reminded, is it David in the Old Testament who um, went to uh, buy a place to uh, put an altar and uh, the, the guy said, oh, I'll, I'll give it you, I'll give it you. And David said, I won't sacrifice to God something that hasn't cost me. It's going to be costly, yeah. Okay, any other thoughts on that? Different? Giving our best. Second one then. Romans 12 emphasizes the concept of transformation. From what to what? And how do we make that transformation? Renewing our minds, yes. Meditation, so it's the word of God you're talking about, yes. Okay, so the word of God is one of the, one of the things that brings that transformation and the renewing of our minds. Say again. Be baptized. Yes, there's a renewal in that, isn't there? The recognition of the old life gone and the new life come. Yes. Come to church. Why? We need one another. Iron sharpens iron. Yes. You hear the word and it makes changes in our hearts. You get fed. These things bring around transformation. Yeah. So for the sake of the camera, this was the 
uh, case of the person who knew the difference between fake and real dollar bills because he'd studied the real ones to such an extent that he could recognize a fake one easily. So we need to be in God's word so that we know what the truth of God's word so that when something false comes along, we can recognize it. Is that a fair summary? Right. Yes. So the, the daily um, process of uh, meditating on God's word to renew our minds. You've all told me very positive things that we need to do, like coming to church to hear God's word, reading God's word for ourselves, recognizing the truth of God's word so we you know, we can distinguish the faith. But has anybody thought about stuff that bombards us in our daily lives that we may need to cut ourselves off from because it affects how we think, it affects our mindset and our worldview? Edutainment. We need to watch what we take in, what we feed our spirit man and the world around us. Who you hang with, who you spend your time with the most. Otherwise, we, we need to be careful we don't cut ourselves off from those that aren't believers just because we might be affected by them, but we need to spend the time with people who are going to help build our faith together, aren't we? Okay, let's move on to the next one. How does Romans 12 encourage believers to respond to persecution or mistreatment? Bless them. Yes, we're encouraged to bless them. Anything else? Don't take vengeance yourself. Yes. Forgiveness. Yes. Forgive people. Christ in God has forgiven you. Walk in the opposite spirit. Yes. To positively bless them, not just not be affected by it. Yeah. So when others are being persecuted, get alongside them and support them. Pray for them. Yes. Don't just pretend to love them, actually love them. <laughs> Very good. No. Okay, so, so Jonathan said we should push back violently, but in the sense that we're as strong in our blessings towards them as they are in their persecution towards us. Is that a fair summary? Yes? Yes, so that was persecution worldwide, that the church should have a really strong stand um, to support those who are being persecuted. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And that's part of the persecution of the church, isn't it? When somebody in religious authority does stand up and make a statement and gets pushed back, that's part of the whole persecution process, isn't it? Yeah. There was one more point. Yeah. So uh, uh, to create that um, uh, that community of acceptance. Yes. Okay, so let's come to the last one on here. According to Romans 12, what is the underlying reason for living this way? One, it's God's way. Yes. It's holy and pleasing to him. Testimony to others. Unit brings unity in the church. God's shown us mercy already, so yes, in the sense of how we respond to other people, merciful, yes. Draws people to God. Gives you peace of mind. As a sign of work, because that's what Romans is talking about, isn't it? It's our proper worship. It's our proper worship. When we live this lifestyle that he talks about in the rest of the chapter that we read, all the things that he said about how we should live, how we should respond to other people, how we should respond to people within the church, uh, a whole, the whole gamut of stuff, how, how we um, bring our minds into right focus 
of who God is and who we are in God. This is all part of our worship. Worship is not just coming on a Sunday morning and singing songs of praise. It's not just putting a, a tape on at home and joining in with it. Worship is our whole lifestyle. And the whole lifestyle of worship is one of sacrifice. It costs us to live like that. And that's really what I wanted us to see this morning, is that God has been bringing us into a place of worship. And it, for us at the, this time, it has been that expression of praise and worship to God. But God wants to take us further in our worship, in that he wants our whole lifestyle to be a lifestyle of worship. And as we look at this chapter, we see how that can be outworked in our lives so that everything we do and everything we are is a sacrifice of praise to God because that's our proper, true and proper worship. So I'm going to just ask the band to come back, if they would, and sing that last song again because it says, I will give you all my worship. I will give you all my praise. And I want you to think about what you're singing in light of what we've just been looking at this morning. Okay, because what you're saying is I'm going to live a lifestyle of worship to you based around what the Word says is a lifestyle of worship. So can we stand and make this a real prayer and declaration of how we're going to live for Jesus.